Hey everybody, this is Al Nash from the Unapologetic Women Empowerment Dynasty and you're listening to the Unapologetic Women Podcast, the show for women who choose to live their legacies unleashed, unlimited and unapologetic. If this is a space you're curious about, visit unapologetic-women.com. Today we're talking about respect for yourself with Kurti Danayani. Kurti, the founder of Katana 168, brings authentic storytelling to understand the complexities of communicating in diverse environments. With her extensive experience and unique background, she invites a fresh perspective to sensitive topics such as code switching, cultural imposter syndrome, and more. Kurti's journey has been one of self-understanding, finding her voice to build lasting relationships which ultimately led to her book, Hashtag Befriend Your Mind, and her three-step process on befriending, helping individuals to find clarity when they feel confused and lost in communicating about affairs of the heart. She is renowned for her captivating speaking engagements, moderating conversations, and facilitating brave spaces in esteemed organizations and universities. Thanks for joining us. This is my dear friend, Kurti. I am so in love with life at the moment because I'm so in love with the women that I'm getting to meet in life at the moment. And I never dreamed I would get to a space where I would get on a call with a complete stranger and just have this instant, oh yeah, like... Like we are meant to meet in this lifetime. What a blessing to be alive in this time. And what a blessing to have met you. So welcome to the podcast, Kirti. And thank you for saying yes for being here today. Hi, Elle. And can I say you've said it much better much more eloquent than I could have ever echoed how you feel because I feel exactly the same way yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me it's interesting we were we were having a conversation yesterday about the whole no like and trust factor and it was part of a really big conversation around friendship and the fact that I believe that consciousness is ripe and ready for us to bring friendship back into business and when we bring friendship back into business, it's mutual, no love and trust that is required, not like. Because when we like people, we, we show up in a way that they will continue to like us. But when we love people, it requires us to show up in a way that's completely authentic, to have the conversations that want to be had, that need to be had, that raise the vibration, even though sometimes it doesn't feel fabulous in the moment, right? And I felt you that make, with you from the very first. I think for me, with, when I think about you, the word appreciation. So, you know, you say, share the word love. The word that comes to me is appreciation. There's a I remember whenever we have spoken, there's a deep appreciation. You take your time to speak and your time to share your views, which I really respect. And I think that's where you, when 
when you say the word love, I'm like, wow, you know, the definition of love is just so array and such a variety. So when you're sharing it, I'm like, ah, so for me, the color or the, or the vibrancy that comes through is the sense of appreciation when I hear you share this. And it's true about friendship. Definitely echo on that as well. And what I find fascinating is that we don't have to be having coffee in the same location because we're so far away. And I'm just thinking, oh, I, you know, I'm looking forward to having coffee for you. It's morning. For me, it's late afternoon. I'm thinking, oh, this is fabulous. Yes, yes. Thank God for technology. And I have to, I have to confess, I was very averse to technology for a really, really long time. Um, especially in my work space, I, I wanted to be in personal. I'm a hugger. Like I love hugging people. <laughs> you know, uh, I love, I love being present with people. And when when I started embracing technology and you know, everything everything that's created can have good and and negative contrasting experiences um, that result from it, and I think it's very mm -hmm. easy for us to get into fear and focus on the the negative outcomes that is happening and that is possible to happen even with us, and then go no no no. But what is all the juicy, positive things? And this, I would never have met women like you if I had not embraced technology and just kind of going, well, what is the possibilities that is now open to me because of this creation? Um, and that I get to and bring women into the future because I'm blessed to live in a place that is more normally a day ahead of everybody else and I'm like <laughs> I get to literally connect consciousness in somebody else's future and make it our present so in this moment past and present comes past and future comes together in present and thereby we are literally collapsing wow. the time in consciousness yeah. how mind-blowing is that I should be doing my podcast right now and interviewing you. This is a fabulous. I never saw that that way. Future and past coming into one moment. And really, it is that. Yes. In, that's deep. Yeah, we're gonna so have many to, levels. We're going to have to sit on that for a while. We're going to have to sit and stew on that for a while. Because <laughs> I've got goosebumps. So it was like that's, that's that needed to be said today. And I'm not sure why, but that needed to be brought into awareness today for people. I think it's very interesting you're saying that. So I took a very impromptu trip to New, New York City. I haven't been there for, I think, at least minimum 15 years. And I was on the fence. I'm like, should I go? Should I not go? And there's a business opportunity. And it's not set in stone. And my friend said to me, if you don't go now, now is the moment. You seize the moment. It doesn't matter. You don't get anything out of it. But you've got people, when they meet you face to face, it's still face to face. And in my head, it's the opposite because I was traveling for so long. So I got so used to communicating online. So now I'm going back into the space of face to face communicating. And so I go there. And that's really past and, and future coming together for me because it's planting a seed from yesterday because I'm meeting them from offline 
to in-person and not knowing where the seed is going to be tomorrow. So that's, I'm just like, that's so profound and so many layers for you to share that. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, let's reset. Let's start where I'm supposed to be starting this conversation. <laughs> Ella, is that possible? All right. With the question of all questions that people are listening to this podcast for, and that mm -hmm. is, Kirti, what does it mean to you to be an unapologetic woman? It's a very, for me, it's a very deep and cultured conversation because in our, I'm, I'm Indian by um, descent from my parents, uh, raised in the Caribbean. So you have a very Western point of view as well. But from an Asian, from a South Indian point of view, a woman has always had a lot of responsibilities placed on her obligations, what's expected of her. And so whenever I didn't fulfill those obligations, I always felt this sense of guilt running inside of me constantly. So I would say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And even though I didn't really feel sorry inside, I had to say sorry because that was the respectful thing to do. And that, you don't, I never realized how much that was running me up until I burnt out. I was working a lot and I was working because I was, a part of me just did not know how to say no how to be unapologetic about saying, I don't have enough capacity to give you. And that in the end burnt me out. And I had to learn the hard way, how to, and it goes back to appreciation, how to appreciate that it's to love myself and enjoy myself and appreciate myself. So that when there's time to say no, it's not that I'm neglecting someone, it's just that, I'm not being, I'm not being, I'm, I'm reversing my narrative of being selfish. So I don't feel like I'm, um, by helping someone, uh, I'm going to feel good about it. But changing the narrative of saying, I don't feel really okay right now. I need to fill my cup. And when I fill my cup, I can give it to you without expecting in return. So it was really shifting that narrative into the whole conversation of unapologetic. This needs to be heard at the moment. And here's why I had a woman booking a meeting with me and she sent me an email just before the meeting and she apologized and said, I'm really not feeling well. Um, I need to reschedule this meeting. And because when I meet you, I want to feel my best self. And I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. And I replied to her and I said to her, there is nothing more beautiful than a woman when, who understands when it's time to show up and when it's time mm -hmm. to nurture herself. And it is when we understand that this is the time for self-nurturance that we actually show true respect to the other person. Like you, I was raised in a culture of servitude, a culture of... Um, having to always be available to other people and that that made me valuable. As long as I could mm -hmm. do something for you, my existence had value. Mm -hmm. I had to apologize for taking up space. 
I had to apologize for speaking my thoughts and creating discomfort in another. I had to apologize if I wasn't meeting somebody else's perceived expectation of me because mm -hmm. I always thought, no, no, they expect me to be perfect. They expect me to get good grades. They expect me to excel in everything. That was a self-perceived expectation that I created, right? And like you, I got to the point of, well, for me, it wasn't burnout. My, my awakening remembrance took the form of suicidal depression, of understanding mm. that I had suppressed my true self to such a point that I was completely depleted and therefore had no more will to live. Yeah. Yeah. How wonderful that more and more women are giving themselves permission to be selfishly self-nourishing and realizing that, you know, we talk about we give from a full cup, but 90% of women who say the words are still not actually living the words. How beautiful. No, because it's a really tough. It is. It is really tough because we are criticized and we have, we trained people to have a certain expectation of us. We trained people how to treat us if we don't meet that certain standard of behavior previously mm, embodied by ourselves. And society still expects, still praises, still puts on the pedestals those who outwork, those who out struggle those who are you know the greatest overcomers life is supposed to be so hard in order for us to be the hero of the story and go you and meanwhile back at the ranch the hero is like oh please god let it just be night so i can go to sleep because i'm freaking exhausted and i don't know how i'm gonna get up tomorrow morning and drink my cup of coffee and go yeah i'm back world let's do this again i mean it is just but but you know what the sad but I know and exactly what you're saying but the sad well the sad part is that I you know this conversation I had yes it's like I'm having a deja vu conversation <clears throat> we we're talking about the alpha female in the work environment and I was I have this thing I'm saying um, I love to train men more than females and they're like why I said listen why is the burden always on a woman to do all the work? She's doing all the self-development. She's exhausting herself. She's not enjoying her life anymore. And the man's just sitting there going, well, mold to me. And so I said, I'd much rather change the narrative and say, bring the gentleman to me or the, or the male gender, and let me support them to go from avoiding um, difficult conversations to having them because it will take a huge burden off of us because there's that constantly comparison and comp competition narrative that goes on in women. That's why we end up with this whole apology. So when you're talking now, I'm like, yeah, it's exactly that. Cause I see it in the generations that are coming forward. And the, I find the female gender is apologizing a lot more than less and I go with everything that we know all the self-development there is why is there so much apologizing I don't know if you've sensed that as well 
So this is interesting. So I always <clears throat> preferred working with men. And I, I, I come from 20 years of working with men. For me, mm -hmm. they were way more um, hungry to be coached, way more hungry to truly be their best selves than the women that I encountered respectful and loved to all women not putting women down at all right i'm just saying no no i get it my background the men were really like i want to be my best self i want to have the mm -hmm. tough conversations with you i want to be the best man lover husband ceo whatever it, that i can be and the women that came was very much a mentality of fix me <laughs> very yeah different. i can i can see you yes um and women are almost lovingly please take this where it's coming from becoming self-development snobs in that look at us we are doing so much self-development work um but in that we are continuously trying to fix what is not broken and so we are continuously looking at people and going, teach me, guru, show me what the way. I mean, I was having a conversation yesterday with a group of women and one of the ladies said, yeah, but you are way ahead of me in the journey. And I said, no, 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 no. We are all where we are meant to be in our individual journeys, but you think that you're on the same path as me. And therefore mm -hmm. you say, I'm ahead of you instead of understanding that you're on a different path. You, we, we, we are not walking the same line, people. And so if women can just start understanding that and stop comparing themselves and thinking that if I do enough personal development work, then I'll be whole, then I'll be great, then I'll be somebody worthy of leading others the entire narrative will change because we will become mm -hmm. very present. And that's why my work is now focused on creating the feminine art of self-leadership because mm -hmm. I so deeply desire women to understand you are whole, you are complete, you are perfect. You're in the perfect space for where you meant to be right now in this moment. There's no place that you need to be getting to <clears throat> But you have to saturate yourself with where you're at before you can expand into what's next for you. So I took on, it's very interesting because I'm going to share with you a, an experience. So in, while I was traveling, so I was traveling around the world and I was, well, I was exhausted like you my burnout also manifested into getting very a lot of harm on myself because it wasn't and it's interesting you call it self-development snob for me i felt so much pressure to support others because it was like a gift i could tell at a certain point it was just able to talk and share and talk i was able to do things so quickly but i wasn't restoring my my own work so i said i can't do this anymore and that's why i left because if i'm not if i felt suicidal then i'm obviously there's something really really deep that's showing up <clears throat> and so i started traveling and i did have a friend who was guiding me a spiritual friend but i was struggling and i actually felt my spirituality faith got broken there um and then i got 
went through this whole thing of self-development, but I didn't, I struggled with self-development because it was very, it didn't resonate with my culture because Asians don't really understand self-development gurus and all that. They don't have that, you know? So you're really trying to figure all this out on your own in your traveling. And then I kept bumping into these amazing people along the way, which I had no idea from. And one lady who shows up as a form of a Buddhist nun in some ways. Um, unfortunately, she passed. Well, she took, she, she's moved on in her journey um, from the worldly journey. And uh, so she said to me, Kirti, as long as we speak about ourselves as broken, then we're always going to be in the cycle of it. She goes, for as long as we recognize that we were born whole and complete, you when you see every individual as whole and complete, you will never discuss them as if they're broken. And that just opened my, um, it shifted something so deep inside of me. And I went, okay, so if I just say, you know, everybody goes, I'm enough, I'm enough. And I just said, well, it's not about enough for me. It's about I'm whole and I'm complete and I'm okay. And it was profound. That was a very big shift in my um, in the way I treated myself, because that for me was becoming very, be respectful to yourself, be honest with yourself. And, you know, when, when all these judgments come up, it's, they're informing you, they're not killing you, they're informing you. And so now when I, like, I, you know, I, I share Befriend Your Mind, the book I, you know, I published, and I didn't expect it to publish that. But I wanted something that I could remind myself I am whole and complete. Because the self-development, and I, that's why I think it's so interesting, you call it the self-development stuff. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's point on. Because there's this whole like, oh, and what are you doing? And oh, what are you doing? And then when women go, well, I'm not dating someone. And I'm just like, did you try and fix the guy? Because I wouldn't want to date you either, you know? I don't want to go out with my a man who's like me. I don't want that image. That just, you know, I want it a little messy and chaotic and fun and like I told you, sassy. I love that word, you know. So yeah, the snob you point on. I agree with you because that snobbery is like a privilege. And when you come across like that, it's not that you want somebody to feel needed, but you sound like you you've got it all so sorted out that you are just not able to be human. And I'm not going to say feminine or masculine, but just human. Like, hey, today's a rough day. That's it. Exactly. And and I don't want to not be human because if I say that I want to have all my ducks in a row every single day and I want to, to be like, I've got it then 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 this this journey has no more meaning for for me as a soul and it's time to check out and i'm kind of going no 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 i'm having way too much fun look it took me 50 years to get to a point of going oh now it's getting fun okay i've got 50 years of learning 50 years of experience in in understanding you know what i i don't want for the next 50 years like I've lived so much contrast 
that I'm very clear on, on the life that I want to intentionally create for myself moving forward, I am not ready to check out now. I am, and I know that I am still going to be messy moving forward because, well, I like playing in the mud. I like my life messy. Exactly. I love me. I enjoy chaos. I enjoy unknowing. I enjoy creating from seemingly nothing, from sitting in the mess with the spaghetti and going, oh my God, how am I going to untangle this? Like I was talking to my partner last night and he's he's the most fabulous man. He was talking about creating, he's building a, a board to jump off in the swimming pool, but it couldn't just be a normal one, right? So it had to be specifically <laughs> designed and these guys are figuring out how to do it along the way. And he goes, wouldn't it be cool if we put these lights underneath? Now, he forgets I'm in the car and he starts talking and he goes, oh my God, I have no idea. How are we going to do this? Why do I always do this to myself? I kind of go, wouldn't this be cool? And then I thought, I don't know how to do this, but what if we just do this? And we and I go, I love watching you consciously create and then solve puzzles for yourself. <laughs> create and solve puzzles for yourself and I thought to myself yeah that is really what life is about is we come into these bodies to consciously create and solve puzzles for ourselves with the help of the entire universe and that is how we're actually evolving consciousness is human experience creating and solving puzzles but mm -hmm. we've become so tight about it you know oh my god it's all these problems we have to focus on the problems we have to solve all the problems well what if we just reframe problems to puzzles and we just started being more fun about this again then it's no longer oh i have to be doing personal development honey we're developing like whether we're doing it consciously or not you can't not develop right you you are developing consciousness and therefore you as a human are developing some of us are just doing it more intentionally than others i think i think we've fallen asleep i call it falling asleep i think if we you know we walk through life and it happens i mean i get caught up in my work and i can fall asleep you know you stop that you stop experiencing, I call it deliciousness. You know, you forget to live the deliciousness of life. And even if it's the smallest thing or the greatest thing, it doesn't matter. But we're constantly seeking for greater and greater, 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 that you're making it so great, you're overwhelming your system inside because you're, you're not allowing that the little moments are the, like you said, those are the puzzle pieces and they make the bigger picture. And that is what I always feel. I struggled with self-development. When I started doing the yoga, it was because I wanted to undevelop myself and untrain myself. And it's about deconditioning. So if I have to decondition, how can I develop? I, I see it as, like, I let go of all that. So, you know, but in, I knew that, I un or I understood that if I let go, I create more space to let in. And that's when, but a lot of us, a lot of people get into deliberateness. They're saying, oh, I'm being deliberate. I'm being intentional, but they stop letting go of the baggage because they're trying to take the baggage 
and that, and then it doesn't work. And they go, well, why isn't it working? Go, well, that's got to happen first before you go there. And, And then you just think, okay, and that's when you say, are people ready? And I don't think it's about, I don't think you're ever ready with discomfort. I think it's willingness. It's very much about willingness and being committed to being discomforted. Uh, I wrote that on my thread yesterday because I noticed that I was in Manhattan and everything's so chaotic. And I felt like in these big jungle of buildings, I felt like Alice in Wonderland, look, waiting that in any moment, I'm going to see the Cheshire cat come out and tell me something really random. And so my friend was like calling me every couple of blocks. And he's like, are you sure you're going to walk to Hudson Yard? So it's four avenues and 10 streets down. It's about a, a 40 minute walk. And for me, I'm like, yeah, leave me alone. Don't call me. I don't want to hear from you. And I got lost, but sometimes you need to get lost to see how beautiful life really is as is. That's how I see it at least. So I have to share two things with you because I just want to, I want to just highlight how connected we are in consciousness and, and this, this is going to blow your mind. This morning, I wrote in my journal, it's time to clear out the closets. It's time to literally clear out my makeup. But now this, no, no, this, it gets, it gets better, Kirti. (laughs) (laughs) No. I wrote in my journal, I want to create an Alice in Wonderland experience for my ladies. (laughs) I want them to see the Cheshire Cats in in the magic mm-hmm. this is not coincidence by the way and and that's why mm-hmm. i'm mentioning it on this podcast because i really want women to start paying attention to the synchronicities in life what is the chance of me writing the words Alice in Wonderland yesterday and you <laughs> using the words Alice in Wonderland today, which again, past, future coming together in present. In the same moment, we were actually thinking Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, there you go. If we honestly, I mean, you know, this doesn't this doesn't this is the fun of it. This is the juice of life. Yes, but I've also come to understand that we have to consciously say, "I want to see the synchronicities. I want to be, I want to be present and and not miss because these are moments of freaking so, deliciousness and delight." Is like so. So okay, so I'm going to share something. We can share something to the audience. I've been reading about what, and and something I share all the time. Whenever we want to see something, if we see it from a space of lack, you will not see it. You will get more of a validation that you'll never see it. So you got to ask yourself when you want something, are you seeing it from a space of lack or a space of curiosity? Not a space of I want, but like, ooh, I wonder what that would be like. Because that's the Cheshire Cat, right? Um, to give you a, this is the funniest part. So I flew in with my sister. I kept, when I arrived into Miami, my sister lives in Miami. She goes, um, I think you should go on Tuesday after mom leaves. You you will go on Tuesday. And she goes, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, I'll go to New York. She then tells me two days later, she goes, oh my God, 
I'm also going to New York on Tuesday for work. And I go, it's really weird. And we, I kept telling her, I said, it is written, it is written. She was, so she, we were playing this game. So I organized a shuttle, which means I'd have to go with about 12 people to Manhattan. I get off the, tr- up the, um, the, the flight. She's really worried because she's going off somewhere else. And she goes, are you going to be okay? Are you sure you're going to be okay? We get an app. There's a limo coming to pick me up. And I went, oh, no way. This is so-. so, you know, this curiosity inside was like, this is, it is written, it is written. But the excitement inside of me is what brought it because it wasn't from a space of like, oh, I wish I lack yeah. it. Therefore, I wish it. Yeah. It was like curious. Spoke to the guy this morning on my way back. He called up the, the service and said, don't give her a shuttle. I'm going to pick her up and drop her back. And I thought, oh, wow. And it was because we really connected. So I told him, I said, you were meant to take care of me on this journey because it is, it, it is written. It is Alice in Wonderland in its entirety of beauty. So, yeah, let's tell the audience, get to be curious, you know. Be playful, be curious. I, I instruct the universe, surprise and delight me. I freaking love it. I'm like a little girl. I'm like, like this morning, I was somehow distracted in getting in my car so that I could come to the office to meet with you. And my thought at one stage as I was standing at the gates waiting for it to open was, oh, I wonder if I'm going to be late. I wonder why I wasn't out the door at the time that I said, and this bunny runs across. And I was like, because I was meant to see the bunny. Because if I had left at the normal time, I wouldn't have seen the bunny. I mean, how perfect. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. Right? <laughs> the simplicity is just like, and I think maybe that is why I missed out on the magic and richness of life for such a long time. Because yeah. I didn't, I didn't immerse myself in going, oh, the bunny. Oh my God. But- the second I had to be there at the exact right second to see the bunny. That's magic. That's- but Elle, did you, but did you really miss out? Because would you have not? If, if it wasn't for those experiences, would you have not experienced what you're experiencing now? I always ask myself this. So I'm wondering what you think about it. I agree with you. I agree. But my, ex- yes, my experience was so dark and so lacking yeah. and so, um, I remember running one day and I had this clear vision of my soul in a coffin um nailed shut and there were scratch marks on the inside of the lid as my soul was attempting to get out that is how I lived for a long time like literally I was on autopilot being Mm -hmm. the high achieving good girl on the outside but my soul was literally shut away um from the in on the inside and I'm I'm appreciative of the experience because when I chose to get out of the coffin, when I chose to live, Mm -hmm. everything changed for me. I think maybe my message to the listeners are life is rich when you choose to see the richness. Like it's, it's already there. But we either get to choose to see it or we choose not to see it because of the frequency that we're on, right? If we're on a really low frequency, Mm -hmm. 
we can only see what is there. And I so wish that I had somebody make me aware of it at that time, not taking away from my journey, but maybe this is where we get to pay it forward to anybody who's experiencing life as lackluster, as as scary, as as gray at the moment, to go, it's not that life is gray, it's just you you're just kind of vibrating there at the moment. And if you just little by little choose every day and you just say, mm-hmm. I want to be, I want to, I want to feel happy today. I'm choosing to feel happy, even if it's for five minutes, even if I put on a song and I just dance and feel happiness for five minutes today. That's a great start. Mm-hmm. And you'll see. Because you're letting go of the emotional numbness. Yes, yes. And you'll mm-hmm. just start dancing more and more. And I just feel like right now I'm dancing with life. I'm dancing with life. And sometimes I feel like I'm leading, but for the most part, my learning at this stage is not leading, (laughs) is to trusting the universe to lead. And it's an uncomfortable space that I'm finding myself in this morning. I was thinking, I've really the last few days because I'm feeling out of control in certain areas of my life. And I used to be a control freak. And the, the, you know, the message was just let go and have fun. Mm. Allow yourself to be twirled around. You're safe. It's good. It's all working out. But it's it's still tough in the moment, right? It's still, it's, we're still human. We're still human. We are. I, I, I can understand a lot exactly what you say. You just think when those moments arrive, you're like, oh, and it's very quick to go to that judgment love judgments like here I am your best friend da-da. you're just like and you're not the person I invited into the room you know and you this other side of you is just showing up and you're like I didn't ask you to the party and then there's a part of you that's like oh here Miss Goody Two-Shoes shows up as well so you feel like inside of you there are like all these voices and you go okay hold on and then you just go okay you know what both of you shut up <laughs> just and then just the moment and then I slow down. I now I, I can't go as fast as before. I want to slow down so that when I process, I it's for me the word I always come back to is I'm being respectful to myself now. And if there's one thing I wish every woman understood, no matter how young you are, you don't need to please everybody first. The only responsibility you have is to respect yourself. And by respecting yourself is not, you know, you don't need to be with a man to feel respected. You don't need to have the high achieving job to be respected. You don't need to feel, you don't need to be someone else just to get the recognition of respect. But when you respect yourself, and this is why I have an issue with self-care. I rather, you know, we replaced it with self-respect because when you shower, respect yourself in the shower. When you're you know, when you're you're touching your hand or you're letting someone speak to you, let that dignity and respect for yourself to be there because you don't have to then compare yourself to someone else. You don't need to compete with anyone because you have defined and understood what is your relationship to respecting you yourself. And I, I wish, like you, I really wish at the time when it was dark that somebody just told me, 
You don't need to fix yourself. You just need to remember to respect yourself. And and that just redefines everything. Your boundaries, your self-worth. It's all of it. That it's all of it. In, and in that stresses. That is beautiful. And I think that this is going to take such a weight of a lot of women because self, self-nourishment, yeah. self-care has almost just become another thing on the to-do list. <laughs> yeah, I, 100, 160. When somebody tells me, are you going to give me a yoga class? I'm like, no, because you're just, you're just done too much yoga. You're yogurt out. You just don't, please don't do, are, shall we meditate? I'm like, please don't because you're not respecting yourself. And until you do that, all of this can come into play. And people struggle when I tell them that. They're just like, what do you mean? I agree with you. The self-nourishment, self-care, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's become another judgment thing, right? It's become another, oh, look yeah. at me, I meditate every day. Look at me. So I use a meditation app um, called Insight Timer. And I was yeah. sitting on 690 something days, consecutive days. And then I missed a day. And I was like, oh, I'm back to zero. And I thought to myself, wow, this was such a good thing to happen for me to have missed that one day because it became a thing that I thought I had to do every single day. I had to squeeze it in every single day because I have, I'm a meditator. Instead of going, no, no, I meditate because I feel like well, it's time to just be still and connect with inner self just for a moment for the joy of the connection, not because I think it's going mm -hmm. to create something in my life. You know, Elle, one of the things a lot of, I get a lot of, I get bad press before I get good press. That's what I always say. You know, everybody's like, oh, dear, Kirti's the mirror. You know, she's just going to put that mirror up. But the first couple of weeks when I work with clients, the one thing I ask them to do is stop. They have to stop feeling addicted to being pressurized. Stop pressurizing yourself. But to say stop pressurizing yourself, you pressurize yourself more. And the addiction to pressure yourself is like so high. So when you're in meditation, no longer is it about slowing down. It's about pressurizing yourself that you have to do this. Because otherwise you're not going to be the good girl effect. And when I see, like, I have my nieces there, you know, the when they struggle with going on a date, I'm like, do you not see? And I can't tell them. I'm like, I'm not going to coach you. You didn't ask me, you know, but you, you know, because again, it's respecting their boundaries. Right. Yep. But then you see that if they just respected themselves, their, t their energy tells another person, accept me, respect me treat me the way I want to be treated because that ultimately boils down to that you know so I do believe self-respect self-pressure knowing that relationship with for any woman and I think that we I, I always see it in how you teach about conscious leadership I really do agree that women because I've always seen women come from a male's version of coaching or male's version of leadership but if women introduce this back into the narrative of self-respect letting go of their own pressure they give me way and others will feel like oh i can do it too i can feel that too i can let go of that too and i think as i feel as leaders when we start that it's going to be a domino effect i do feel it i do see it 
That's why I believe that feminine self-leadership is where it's going because it's it's replacing the masculine high-achieving women in leadership, the alpha female. And it's really interesting because I used to have an alpha female brand and it mm. attracted the aggressive female, not the alpha female in my in my definition of what an alpha female is. But when we can shift out of this very masculine leadership modality that women have been conditioned in, we've all been raised in it, we will see the return of the wise woman. Mm. And the wise woman's energy is very different because she's lived life and death, birth and and sorrow. When we've lived all of these things and allow ourselves to then be and to share mm -hmm. and to be unrushed and to not motivate people, but to inspire people. That is where mm -hmm. life almost returns to harmony. And that is what well, I'm we're, we're really all... enjoying. But isn't that goes back to the whole and complete, right? Whole and complete is harm coming to a sense of harmony and all everything in alignment allows it to work. I find it very interesting that you've taken on this approach. And again, I, I'm always questioning how culturally influenced it could be because being in the conversation, the meeting I was yesterday, um, the, the needle for moving away from alpha female is just not even moved much as much as the whole inch, right? And so... You know, we were talking and discussing about creating workshops or discussing how to get men, because um, we're on this thing of how do we get men not to feel intimidated and to have a conversation because they there's a lot of avoidance in the tapestry or there's a, you know, like a, um, a hollowness in their way of learning about emotional, not intelligence, but emotional understanding their tapestry. I call it a tapestry because you really want to know that. And so we were discussing this and, and this person says, I'm not sure that's ever going to go away, the alpha female. So I said, well, then if it's never going to go away, the only way towards to go away from it is to become friends with it. And by friends is get to know what your alpha female looks like so that you then can decide what's no longer needed. What can you just like, throw out of the window and say no and then take a different approach towards this and it's yeah we're really an Alice in Wonderland conversation today yes and I'm looking at the time and kind of going wow this this could go on four days so I'm gonna wrap it up with one question for you and that is what do you take an unapologetic stance for in the world respecting myself it's about respecting myself respecting myself to be able to respect others love it I love how when we finally bring something home to ourselves we are truly able to give it to others mm -hmm. When we finally get to love ourselves, we can finally truly love others. When we finally respect ourselves, we can finally truly respect others and show them 
respect, not by bowing down, but by respecting their individuality, the diversity, and all that it is. Mm -hmm. And when we respect ourselves, we choose to be our best selves in the moment, whatever that best self looks like in the moment. And sometimes it looks exactly. spectacular and sometimes it looks spectacularly messy. <laughs> yep. But right. then you're not losing your dignity at any point. Because you're in integrity, right? Yeah. And, and that is what I love. Yeah. This has been a magical conversation. Thank you so, so much. And to all our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And I'd love to hear from you. A couple of things. What resonated deeply for you in this conversation? And what is your experience been in the realm of self-respect? And no judgment, no shaming. We all on a journey in this field. And yes, it can be a game changer. But I also know that for as long as I didn't respect myself, I couldn't get respect from other people. Because I was out of integrity in my core not making it wrong, not shaming myself, part of my journey. Very grateful for it. Until next week, remember that we get to live our legacies unleashed, unlimited, and unapologetic. Have an amazing day further. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest from me you can follow me on instagram at the unapologetic woman and on linkedin at l naj and if you're interested in experiencing the unapologetic woman friendwork soiree book in for our next open meeting at unapologetic womenasme forward slash unapologetic Thanks again and I'll see you next week.